Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for tonight. As always, it's a pleasure to be back before you yet another week. I'm grateful for everything that God is doing um, throughout this podcast. And I pray that God is doing some great things in your life. That even if you are experiencing circumstances, even if you are having a rough storm, God is still able. God is still in control. And that this is what it's talking about and preparing for God doing more than enough. Sometimes, you know, we have to experience a hardship. We have to experience certain circumstances before we receive our abundance. But we have to um, keep the faith. We have to remain strong. We have to remain steadfast and immovable um, during those circumstances. So, just want to give a brief review of what we went over last week. And then we're going to get into tonight's podcast. But before we do that, let's say a word of prayer and then we can get right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for this day. God, I thank you, God, for your presence first and foremost. God, I thank you, Father, God, for being here with us right now. Thank you, Father, God, for every person that is watching and listening, Holy Spirit. God, I give you full reign to have your way. God, move through me, Father, God. Humble, God, before you, God. I count it a privilege and an honor that you choose to use me, God, as your mouthpiece and as your humble vessel. God, I thank you, God, for this word, God, this topic of more than enough, God, and how you will move, God, and how you will penetrate our hearts to receive, God, your words, to receive what you have to say to us, God, tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, I give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' awesome name I pray. Amen. All right, guys, for those of you that are tuning in on Facebook, welcome, Instagram. And then we also have our listeners here. They're going to be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, whatever. And there's also some uh, podcasts that they added on to the, um, to the list. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even expect to... Um, so it's a blessing. And then I'm knowing that I'm able to uh, to speak to those. I have listeners in Germany. I have listeners in Ireland. So it's different countries that are actually listening. So I'm blessed and I'm quite humbled that there are other people that I have not met that I know that the word is getting uh, broadcast. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so for those of you that didn't get a chance to watch uh, or listen last week, we were on the topic of open door. We were on a topic of open door. And what we talked about last week is how to recognize when God's opening a door in your life. There's different things that God will um, has, has us to do to recognize. We have to pray. We have to be able to uh, seek him. We have to be able to seek his face, listen to his voice. It's certain things that you do to recognize. And if you're, you have to be in position in order in order to even recognize it. Then also we went into keys to ensure that you walk through God's open door, making sure that you don't walk through the open door, making sure that you are uh, paying attention to what God is doing, paying attention to God's instructions. So those are some of the things that we talked about. I can't get into too much depth about that, but make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page. You can go on there. Last week's podcast is on there from last week. You also can go again on the Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can listen to it at your free will. All right, guys. So tonight, welcome again to all the viewers. Hi, um, Kashmir Strong. Uh, Kareem, hey, how are you? And Kita and Gabby. Um, so we're talking about tonight... Um, more than enough, more than enough. And 
I like sharing with you guys how I um, pick the topics. I know sometimes people are like, how does she come up with these topics? And first and foremost, it's from God. It's not any of my will. You know, I can honestly say that I'm like, okay, God, what am I going to talk about this weekend? I thought in the beginning of this journey that, you know, I was going to run out of topics. The people were going to stop, want to listen to what I have to say. And God is like, no, like, I'm, this is my platform. I'm using you as my vessel, but this is his platform. So I'm grateful that in all 3D years that I've been doing this, that, it's been fresh and even if I cover a different topic is in a different way so we're talking about tonight more than enough and I was in my prayer closet this morning and yeah I got the topic this morning and a lot of times that happens um as uh, far as imperfectly perfect life is concerned and as I was praying God just uh I just I knew it was the Holy Spirit because as I was praying, I said, God, I thank you for more than enough. I thank you for more than enough. And I kept saying it, kept saying it. And then that resonated in my spirit that that's what God desired for me to cover tonight. So with that being said, uh, I just want to break down more and enough for us so we can get a better understanding of where which direction we're going tonight. So more is simply, in other words, it means greater. We think of more, that means greater, higher, better, bigger, more. Enough means as much or as many as required. Enough again means as much or as many as required. So if you put in the whole phrase together, more than enough, you're saying greater than as much or as many as required. Greater than as much or as many as required. So a lot of us have been disappointed a lot of us have been rejected a lot of us have settled for less because of our past we're like you know what as long as i have enough as long as i if i have you know make the bare minimum as long as i make enough to pay my bills as long as i uh make enough to eat as long as i make enough to be able to survive then i'm good and I can relate to that because that was my mentality for a long time. And I could honestly say that I still struggle with that. Because when you when you grow up and, and your finances are con constantly up and down, constantly up and down, you're just like, you know what? I'm good if my bills are paid, if I'm if I'm good, I'm gonna eat, and if I have a little bit left over, then I'm good. But that's not not the mentality that God wants us to have as children of God. Because God wants to bless us exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think or imagine of. So the fact of the matter that we would even settle for enough is not of God. So when I was getting up, I was in my prayer time and I said, God, I thank you for more than enough. God has been pushing me to think beyond my human understanding to think beyond the what's in the box to to believe that God would do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think and in order for me to believe that I have to change my mindset and a lot of times in order for us to change our mindset we have to speak it out of our mouth we have to speak life we have to speak it into existence until we see it manifested into this into the natural because it's already happening it's ha already happening in the supernatural it's already happening in the spirit realm god is already turning things around he's putting things in position he's putting our names on people's hearts god is doing the work however we have to make sure we are doing the work 
If we're not doing the work, God's promises won't be manifested. It's not saying that God is a liar because he's not a liar. He's not a man that he could ever lie. But if we are not doing the work, then how will it be done? Faith without, is, faith without works is dead. And I'm going to get into that uh, later. Faith without works is dead. How will we expect God to move if the works is not matching our faith? So, again, more than enough, in other words, means greater as much or as many as required. We have to get our mindset, mindset out of settling for enough and, and, cause our, and cause our mindsets to think better, to think bigger, to think more, more. God, what, what more are you going to do for me? What more do you desire to do through me? What more? More that should always be our expectation not to settle because that means that if we're settling that means that we're not growing If you settle for mediocre that means you're not growing You're not growing So we can't allow ourselves to stay stagnant to stay at one place God is too big for us to stay in one position God is too big for us to stay in on the same level it's constant. It's a constant growth. It's a constant process. It's a constant, a, a constant pruning. A constant transformation. Transformation doesn't just happen one time. Pruning doesn't happen one time. Preparation doesn't happen one time. It happens in seasons. There's a season for everything in our lives. But if we have the mindset of that, oh, I'm good. Like you know, you receive uh, ten thousand dollars, and you know what? You think that you made it. And God is saying, as long as you still have breath in your body, yeah, as long as you still have breath in your body, you should not settle for less. You should not settle for enough. And what I love, and I know some people have been reflecting on one of my favorite actors, Chadwick Boseman. God bless his soul. A lot of people have been reflecting on his life and on his journey. What I love about his journey is that he left empty. He never settled. He never settled for enough. He was not good. Even when he got sick in his body, he said, you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough that I'm going to allow this cancer to keep me from fulfilling my purpose. It's not enough that I'm going to allow the sickness from making sure that I touch other people's lives. For making sure that black boys and black girls know that they can do whatever they set their minds to if they believe in Christ. If they believe that God is a God of more than enough. God is a God of more than enough. Why do we think that we must settle? All we have to do is activate our faith. All we have to do is trust that God would do it. If we put our trust in him. If we rely on him. God will do it. My God, have your way, Holy Spirit. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And I'm going to read from the Common English Bible, which is CEB in the, um, the abbreviation. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 in the Common English Bible. 
It says God has the power to, provi to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. My God. Again, it says God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. So whatever we need, whatever we need, God will provide. If we trust him, if we believe. God is not limited in his resources. Why? Because God is the ultimate source. He's not limited. But we have the mindset. We have a limited mindset. That's why we have been restricted. That's why promises have been on hold. That's why we have not reached that level. That next level. Because our mindset is limited. When God is saying change your mindset. Change your way of thinking. Get me out of the box. God can't be figured out. He said I want to blow your mind. God is saying I want to, bl to blow your socks off. But you're not letting me. You're restricting my blessings. You're restricting my blessings on your life. Hi, Melissa. You're restricting my blessings on your life. God is saying, I want to do more for you. But you have to expect more. In order for God to do more than enough, you have to expect more. God is saying he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that he could ever ask or think. He said he provide, have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every good work. Every good work, not some, every. Hallelujah. So what I want to get into tonight, and I might not finish the whole thing because there's a lot of information. However, I'm prepared to do two parts, which is wonderful. Um... But what I want to get into tonight, starting with how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. How to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Because a lot of times we pray and we say, God, I'm believing you to do more than enough. But we haven't actually prepared ourselves to receive it. How can you receive it if you haven't prepared? So that's what God wanted me to share tonight is how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Number one, we must pray and fast. We must pray and fast. I know I say that a lot, but it's necessary to repeat. Probably weekly. However many times God tells me to repeat it. Prayer and fasting is necessary. And the more you grow in your relationship with Christ, the more you're going to have to pray and fast. Pray, prayer itself is daily. Let's make that disclaimer. Prayer itself is a daily lifestyle that you must have. However, fasting is led by the Holy Spirit. And whatever he desires you to do, whatever he desires you to fast from, whether it's from social media, TV, food, um, going to certain places, like your favorite places, such as the movies or out to eat, 
whatever it is the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Why? Because when you, the combination of prayer and fasting causes our spirit man to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When we pray and fast, that means that we are sensitive to God's voice. That whenever God speaks, we listen. We don't have any distractions. We don't have any social media. We don't have people. We don't have our favorite things. We don't have our favorite foods. We're not limit. We're not restricted from hearing the voice of God. Because when you're desperate to receive more than enough from God, you will do what's necessary to receive what you need. So yeah, you're going to have to pray and fast. You wanted to pray and fast. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Edition. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hello, everybody that's just tuning in. We're talking about more than enough tonight. Hi, my brother. I love you and I miss you. Sorry, that's my little brother. I love him. <laughs> um, so, yes, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, Amplified Classic Edition. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any re requests according to his will and agreement with his own plan. He listens to and hears us. And if, since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. So God is saying in this passage, when we have confidence in who God is, we have confidence in who we are in Christ. We know that when we make petitions, requests known unto God, and if it's according to his will, it shall come to pass. God will listen and he will hear us. He will listen and he will hear our requests known. Why? Because we have confidence in God's ability and what he can do. And what he will do if we are obedient to him. If we are in right standing with his will. God will do just what he said. So let's go back to. Yes. Yeah, so how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Number one again. We must pray and fast. The other scripture that I want to go to is Ezra. Ezra. E-Z-R-A. For those of you who are not familiar with that uh, book. E-Z-R-A. Ezra. Chapter 8. Verse 21 through 23. And that's in the New International Version or the NIV. And it says. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. 
So we fasted and petitioned our God about this. And he answered our prayer. My God. See, it's one thing to pray. And I'm not saying it's always necessary to fast. However, it's necessary to pray. But there are moments in your life where it's going to require you to do both. Because of the magnitude of what you're believing God to do. It's going to require you to do both. And as you see in this passage, they were believing for God to provide, you know, soldiers and horsemen to have along for their journey. And because they fasted and prayed and they made their petitions known unto God, God answered their prayer. Glory. Hallelujah. Next point. How to prepare to receive more than enough from God? We must listen and wait. I love how God has been in most of these examples is always this and that. And I'm like, okay, God, because the things, those two things are go hand in hand when it comes to preparing to receive more than enough. Praying fast. Listen and wait. Because a lot of times we listen, but then we don't wait. You can't, you can't do one without the other. So listen and wait. Let's go to Proverbs 8 verse 32 through 36. And I'm reading from the New International Version, NIV. Proverbs 8 verse 32 through 36 in the NIV version. It says, now then, my children, listen to me. <laughs> yes, yes, sis. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves all who hate me love death. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it went zero to a hundred real quick in this passage. The last verse says, but those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. So it's so important that we listen, not only listen, but wait. You listen for God's instructions. And a lot of times... God is going to have us to wait because when you wait, those things that are worth it is worth the wait. So you listen to God's instructions and he's going to tell you what you're waiting for. He's going to tell you. He's not always going to tell you how long you have to wait. Listen, if, if sometimes God would tell you, but a lot of times he won't. Why? Because he can do that. Like Tabitha, Tabitha Brown says, yeah, because that's my business. That's God's business. He said, he don't have to tell us everything. He don't have to tell us all the details. But we have to trust that God knows what's best. Trust that God knows what's best. So you listen for what God is saying. Because after you pray and fast, while or even during the prayer and fasting, you're able to listen for God's voice. And as you listen for God's voice, God will tell you what it is that you're waiting for. 
And he would give you instructions on how to wait. He would even strengthen you so that you can wait. That's the point of the prayer and fasting because when you pray and fast, it's like your spirit man is, is strengthened. You're, you get stronger in your spirit man where you may have been weak before then. But because you prayed and fast, because you've been seeking the Lord, because you've been drawing near to the cross, because you've been getting closer to God. Now you're stronger than you was before. Now you can wait a little longer. Now you're stronger. Now you're wiser. So, number two, again, is listen and wait. The other scripture I have for listen and wait is Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. And I'm reading from the NIV version again. Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. Yes, sis. Psalms chapter 5, verse 3 in the NIV version. And it says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectingly. Again, it says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectingly. So in this passage, I believe this is a psalm. Let me double check. Yes, it's the psalm by David. And David is saying, Lord, when I get up first thing, but David's basically saying when he wakes up, he prays. As soon as he wakes up in the morning, he's praying to God. And he's saying, Lord, you hear my voice when I speak. When I make my request known unto you, God, you hear my voice. And after you hear my voice, I wait expectantly to hear from you. And whatever it is, God, that you desire to do, I'll do it. So you have to listen and you have to wait. If you're expecting God to do more than enough, you got to be willing to listen and wait. God doesn't do, God doesn't do anything all uh, willy nilly. God does things in decency and in order. Decency and in order. So there's a certain time that's going to be required. God's appointed time is when he's going to do it. It may take days. It may take weeks. It may take months, years. And whatever the timeline is, you have to be willing to be diligent and wait. Listen. Next point. How to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Be obedient to God's instructions. Be obedient to God's instructions. So you prayed and you fasted. You're listening and you're waiting. Then you got to make sure you're being obedient to what God is telling you to do. Whatever God is telling you to do. Because the thing is about waiting. Waiting is not not saying that you're just sitting around just not doing anything. No, waiting means that, okay, God. If you're telling me while I'm waiting, if if it's meant for me to open a business, okay, God, before that business is open, while I'm waiting, I'm going to get the business plan done. While I'm waiting, I'm going to make sure that I seek for investors. While I'm waiting, I may, you know, seek to have uh, classes to teach me what to do as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. 
Waiting doesn't mean that you stand still and just say, okay, God, whenever, whenever you're timing, I'm, I'm waiting. You keep looking up, like expecting God to just throw something out of the sky to give you a sign. No, it don't work that way. I said, throw something out of the sky. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But like, seriously, it's not going to happen that way. Hallelujah. So number three again is be obedient to God's instructions. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 through 9. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, Now it shall be, if you diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field. The offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals. The offspring of your herd and the young of your flock will be blessed. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and, when, and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which, which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy and set apart to himself. Just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk. That is live your life each and every day in his ways. My God. So you see how God is saying, if you follow his instructions, if you obey the voice of the Lord, if you obey his commandments, you see how he's saying, I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. He's going to bless your offspring, your animals. He's going to bless everything that you touch. Everything that you put your hands to will be blessed. Why? Because you're being obedient to the instructions of God. But yet we're disobedient and wonder why. Things are falling out of place. Wondering why things are not happening the way that we expected to happen. Because we're being disobedient. And a lot of times we move two steps ahead of God. And it's not that. Uh, it's not that we're not. Um, help me to work this right father. It's not that. What you're doing is in quote unquote wrong. It's just not God's wrong, right timing. You're doing the right thing in the wrong timing. That's why it's important to God, follow God's specific instructions. You can't just, okay, pick and choose and you skip steps. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. When you have to follow the steps as God gives it to you, you can't skip steps. You can't do that. Whatever God leads you to do, do it exactly as he says do it. Because it's, it's a reason. It's a reason why God does it that way. He knows what's best. 
We can't try to figure things out. We can't try to do things, you know, in our own way. Because if we do that, it means then why do why do we need God? If we want to do whatever we want to do anyway, if we're going to do things the way we would do it, then why are, are we even following God? Why are we even following Jesus? If we are acting like we don't need God's help when clearly we do. We can't do nothing without God, but yet we have convinced ourselves and allowed the enemy to deceive us in thinking that we don't need him. You needed him a year ago. You needed him last month. So why don't you think that you need God now? Or do we pick and choose when we want to use God? That we use God as a genie. So you know what? I'm going to make a wish now. But now, all right, I'm going to throw the the um, the lamp away. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Because I got what I, what I wanted from God. And then I'm just going to keep going. And act like God doesn't even exist. And that I did everything on my own. And I'm receiving all the accolades. Receiving all the glory. As if I opened the door. As, as if I made the way. As if I made the path. No, God says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, save the Lord, a plan to prosper you. He knows the plans. We don't know what's lying ahead of us. The only way we know is, by, is when God tells us. So we're foolish in thinking that we don't need God. We're foolish in thinking that we don't need him. So, again, number... What point are we on? Number three, again, be obedient to God's instructions. Number four, we're talking about how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Excuse me. Number four is sow a seed. Sow a seed. And sowing a seed is not just monetary. Sowing a seed is with your giftings, with your time, is with your love. Sow a seed. You plant and you think about sowing a seed. Thinking about those of you that may have a green thumb, as they say. Those of you that may be planters that love to have a garden. If you think about that, those of you that love to have a garden, there's certain things and certain steps that you must do if you want to see. If you want to see your plants, if you want to see your crops grow. You must what? You must set. Your soil right. You got to set your soil right. Set your soil right, right? And then you probably got to, I'm not, you know, all the way knowledgeable about that, but I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to flow with me in that area. Set your soil right. Then you got to dig and make sure you have the right holes. And then you have to have that seed. Then you plant the seed in there. In the ground, and then you just pat it down. Make sure it's it. Make sure it's solid. Make sure it's in the ground, good. And then after you sow the seed, you begin to water it. Because the word of God says, some people will sow the seed, some people will water the seed, and some people will see it grow. But a lot of times, we want to see the end result. We want to see the plant, but we haven't sowed the seed yet. We want to see the, the, the big apple tree. We want to see the, uh, uh, a garden full of tomatoes and cucumbers and all in greens and all this fruit and crops. And we haven't even sown the seed. If you want 
if you want, if you have a desire to be married, what seed have you sown in the ground to ensure that you're going to be married? Have you sold as far as, okay, making sure that you are getting the right teaching? You know, there's a different, uh, what's it called? Um, I was not, it's not conventions, but uh, different meetings that they have, uh, conferences. There we go. Conferences, different conferences you may have to invest in so you can get the right wisdom and insight. And that's not just talking about marriage. It just came to me at that moment. But whatever it is, a business person, if you desire to get an education, you have to make investments. You have to sow the seed to receive what you want. To receive more than enough. You have to sow a seed. You reap what you sow. If you sow a bad seed, you're going to reap a bad harvest. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5-12 through 12 in the Amplified Version. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5 through 12 in the Amplified Version. And it says, That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brothers to go to you before I come and make arrangements in advance for this generous, previously promised gift of yours so that it would be ready. Hmm, pause. So it said, this is why I sent. Huh, read that again. That, that is why I thought it necessary to urge these brothers to go to you before I come and make arrangements in advance for this generous, previously promised gift of yours. Thinking about God, he promised us some things. And then it continues to say, so that it will be ready. So even when God promised, when God makes his promises, there's a preparation that must happen in order for us to receive God's promises. That's the sidebar. It's, it's preparation that must happen in order to receive God's promises. Then continuing in verse 5, it says, Not as something extorted or wrung out of you, but as a voluntary and generous gift, giving voluntarily. You shouldn't have to be battered and, and hit on top of the head just to give. Especially when it's connected to you receiving more than enough. Receiving the promises that God said is owed to you. That God said he desires to give to you. Verse 6 says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. So that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. My God, pausing right here. So we need to have confidence in God. When we depend on him. What I love, I'm going to go back to it, says, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him. Meaning that we rely on Jesus. We rely on God. 
We rely on God. His word says his grace is sufficient for us. We rely on him. Verse 9 says, as it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your, your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in act of goodness kindness and love you will be enriched in every way so that you will you may be generous and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to god from those who benefit verse 12 says for the ministry of the service offering is not only supplying the needs of the saints god's people but it's also overflowing through many expressions of thanksgiving to god my god the offering is a blessing not only to people, it's a blessing to God. Sometimes you sow, when you sow and you're a blessing to people, it is a blessing to God. To be blessed to be a blessing. I, I did a uh, podcast on that a while ago before Unqualified Series. But you can go back and listen to that. It's being blessed to be a blessing. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. And we sow a seed in order to reap the harvest. You can't reap more than enough if you haven't even sowed the seed to receive it. Because back and going back up, it says, if you sow sparingly, you're going to receive sparingly. If you sow sparingly, you're going to receive sparingly. But if you sow generously, you're going to receive generously. Whatever it is that you desire, you desire more than enough, then sow that seed. Then you'll receive more than enough. Next point. So again, how to prepare to receive more than enough from God. Number one, again, pray and fast. Number two, listen and wait. Number three, be obedient to God's instructions. Number four, sow a seed. Number five, Save and store. Save and store. We have to learn how to save and store. Saving, talking about money. Talking about money. Listen, we got to be wise. We have to be wise with our money. We can't go around and say, oh, okay, I'm just going to spend, spend, spend. And then expect this God to bless us. No. We have to, God is not, not, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. God is not going to bless us with more than enough if we can't handle the little that we have. If every time we get paid, if every time we get money in our hands, we're going like this with it. We're just like, all right, take it, take it, take it. We're spending the money in stores. We're spending the money in food. We're spending the money everywhere. But did we seek God to see, Lord, what do you want me to do with this money? When you get paid, when you receive money, first and foremost, you need to pay your tithes. You need to pay your tithes. Whenever you receive money, you need to pay your tithes. Give what is owed to God. Tithing is what's owed to God. Offering is what um, we give. 
is what we sow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Tithing is what we owe to God. Offering is what we sow to God. Sow unto God. So, you need to save and store. You can't expect more than enough if you're spending everything that you have. It doesn't work that way. So, this, in a lot of, especially in the season that we're in, but a lot of people have uh, have lost their jobs and been laid off. And I can honestly share this testimony that in the season, even with me being currently unemployed and laid off, I have been able to save more than I ever imagined about. I've been able to give. I've been able to give like, in, oh my gosh. And I'm like, wow, God. It's such a blessing in this season to see that even in a moment where I don't have the, the you know, the nine to five or I don't have this, this quote unquote steady income from, you know, working for someone. But God has sustained me. God has kept me. God has done more than enough for me in this season. More than enough for me. And he's not done. He's not done. And I believe the same for you. God is not done. God is not done. My God. So save and store. This is a faith act. When it comes to saving and storing, it's a faith act. When you're talking about saving, you're talking about monetary things. When you're talking about storing, storing, thank you, Holy Spirit, it's talking about your giftings. It's talking about, okay, whatever God is sharing with you. In your prayer time, whatever God is telling you, okay, God might download to you fresh insight and revelation. He might download to you instructions, but he's saying, okay, this is not the right timing for it. So I want you to store it up. I want you to store it. And when it's the right moment, then, and only then, you will be able to use what's in stored and use it for my glory. My God. There's some things, there's some books that God has given you. And he may say, okay, you might be writing some things and th different things down for it. There's some different ideas God has given you. And it may not be the timing, but God is saying, just store it. Jot it down, write the vision, make it plain. And when the timing is right, then you'll be able to take what I've given you that you have put into store. Then you'll be able to, to use it for my glory. Hallelujah. Let's go to James chapter 2 verse 14 through 8 um through yeah. James chapter 2 verse 14 in the amplified version. James chapter 2 verse 14 in the amplified version. And it says The sin Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm reading something else. One moment. Verse 14. Faith and works. What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produce, produces good works. Again, what is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. 
So faith without works is dead. We can't expect God to do more than enough in our lives if we're not doing the works to match our faith. What are we doing to ensure that more than enough is manifested in our lives? What are we doing? Are we praying and fasting? Are we listening to God and waiting on God? Are we being obedient to God's instructions? Have we even sowed a seed yet? What are we doing? And are we saving and sowing? Are we saving and storing up? The ideas and gifts and all the you know, different things that God has given us. What are we doing in this hour, in this season? It's important that we take an account and, and actually take a moment to reflect, take a step back. Sometimes you, you, need, you need to make a habit of we, include myself, we need to start making a habit of taking moments of reflecting on our lives to make sure that we're on the right track. Like for instance, for me, and I need to actually do my calendar as I look to the left of me. But when I write my calendar, I have a magnetic uh, erasable calendar and I write it out and I write everything that it needs to be done for the, for the month. Those, those are the moments that I reflect on what I did the previous month, making sure I'm on track. Were there any, was there anything that I skipped? Was there anything that, you know, that I need to get done that I need to do better at? Taking those moments to reflect. You know, it might be monthly, daily. It's certain things that you need to take a step back to make sure that you are in the right standing with God. You can't just go with life and say, da-da-da-da-da, and not listening to God because you could have missed a step. You could have missed God's instruction. You could have missed God, period. But you're not paying attention. You're just going through life. And you, you didn't realize it, but you just jumped over one step. Because you're not paying attention. So, what I want to go through next is now that we went over the steps. Again, pray and fast, listen and wait, be obedient to God's instructions, sow a seed, and save, and save and store. I want to go through quickly examples of God providing more than enough. Examples of God providing more than enough. Glory be to God. So, number one. God instructed Moses and the Israelites to build a tabernacle. My God, when God was showing me these examples, I was like, okay, God, you're dope. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 36, verse 1 through 7 in the Amplifier version. Exodus chapter 36 in the uh, 36, verse 1 through 7 in the Amplifier version. And this is when God instructed Moses and the Israelites to build a tabernacle. So it says, Bezalel and Oholiab, I hope I'm saying that right, Oholiab, and every skilled person in whom the Lord has put ability and understanding to know how to do all the work and the construction of the sanctuary shall work according to all that the Lord has commanded. So Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person in whom the Lord had put ability. Everyone whose heart stirred him to come to, come to do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings which the Israelites had brought for the construction of the sanctuary to prepare it for service. And they continued to bring him free will, voluntary offerings every morning. And all the skilled men who were doing all the work on the sanctuary came 
each one from the work which he was doing. And they said to Moses, the people are bringing much more than enough for the construction work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses issued a command and it was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the sanctuary offering. So the people were restrained for bringing any more. For the material they had was sufficient and more than enough to do all the work. My God. My God. So as you see right here, a lot of the things we are recovered is that when you are doing God's will, and God wanted them to to build the tabernacle. And God and people were giving. People were sowing seeds. The Israelites were sowing offerings to make sure that they had the resources that was needed to build this tabernacle. People sowing seeds. God would make sure people are going to bless you. People are going to sow into your life. Why? Because God placed your name on a heart and it may be something that they're believing God to do in their life so they're going to sow and be a blessing to you and then guess what they're going to reap the reward it may not be monetary but it's going to be a, a time and a place that they're going to receive their harvest why for being obedient to god and sowing into your life so the people of god they were sowing seeds they were sowing offerings and it says that moses had to, to say listen all right, y'all, we, we got more than enough. We don't need y'all to sow no more money. We don't need y'all to sow more, no more offerings because we got more than enough than we actually needed. That's a blessing to see God do more than enough, to see God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that he can ever ask or think in your life. That's a blessing. Why? Because the Moses and the Israelites were obedient to God. When God says, build a tabernacle, Build a sanctuary so that you can worship me. And they were obedient to God's instructions. My God. Next example. Is Elijah and the widow. Elijah and the widow. I love this passage. And I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 1 through 17. And in NIV version. Bear with me. Stay with me. I know it's long. But just follow the passage. 1 Kings 17, verse 1 through 17 in the NIV version. We're talking about Elijah and the widow. So it's the back story before we get to the widow portion of Elijah's story. So it says, title of it says, Elijah announces a great drought. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except, by, except at my word. Elijah fed by the ravens. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Karif ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Karif ravine, east of the Jordan and stay there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So I just want to pause here. So you see how God is already providing for Elijah in the season, even in a season of famine, glory be to God, where a lot of us have experienced over these past few months, experienced famine. However, 
God still made sure that we had more than enough. God still made sure that we had everything we needed. Plus more. So. And continuing on in verse 7. The title says Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Ah. How many of us, pause right here, how many of us have been receiving more than enough, but however, because of our past, because of our disappointment, we find ourselves, excuse the noise, Jesus, some people, <laughs> anyway, um, but even in the middle of us receiving more than enough, because of our disappointments, because of us experiencing lack in our past, we always have a fear of believing that at some point it's going to run out. At some point that the resources are going to run out, run out. At some point that, you know what, like you get a fear that, okay, God, what's next? Like your unemployment is running out. God, what's next? Am I going to have, you know, enough money to pay my bills? And God is saying, didn't I provide to you the resources? For you to be good, for you to have money on your table, for you to be able to save, for you to be blessed, to be blessed, to be a blessing to others. Don't you think that I already knew that that, that this particular resource was going to run out? However, God's saying that huh, because he's the ultimate source, he's not limited to resources. That was one avenue, but God always has another. God always has another resource for you. Just because one resource runs out does not mean that God doesn't have another plan. That God doesn't have another resource behind that resource. Glory be to God. So continuing, let's go back to verse 7. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil. Give me one moment, guys. I need to get uh, Instagram started again. Hallelujah. So again, going back, let's go back to uh, chapter, I mean, verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil, olive oil in a jug. 
I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her in verse 13 of 1 Kings 17, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. What's funny about this is saying like, Elijah heard this widow say that she didn't have no bread enough for Elijah. She had enough for her and her son and really not really enough for herself. She had enough for her son. And they were going to eat it and die. Yet Elijah said, I understand that. But the instructions that God has given you, thank you Holy Spirit, is... He said, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Verse 14 says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. For Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm stop here. Verse 16. Yes. So you see how obedience plays. What we talked about earlier. Being obedient to God's instructions. Being obedient. Following God's plans. If the woman did not listen to Elijah. Huh, my God. If the woman didn't listen to Elijah. And make sure that Elijah had food first. Her and her son wouldn't have what they needed. Because she obeyed the instructions of the Lord through the prophet Elijah. Not only did Elijah receive more than enough. She and her son received more than enough. So it's not just about us guys. A lot of times when we sow a seed. A lot of times when God's telling us to wait. A lot of times when God is telling us to obey his instructions. It's not just about us. It's because whatever God is leading us to do is so they can be a blessing to other people too. Our obedience is going to be a blessing to other people. Our sacrifice is going to be a blessing to other people. If we follow God's commands and we follow God's instructions, I, we will be blessed and everything that we touch will be blessed. Those that we're connected to will be blessed. Our leaders. If our leaders are blessed, whatever happens to our leaders, it will trickle down onto us if we obey the instructions of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I was blessed by that passage. I said, wow, God. That was powerful. Next, two more examples I have for you. Examples of God providing more than enough. One of my favorite miracles of Jesus is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, you talking about more than enough? Huh? Jesus. Let's go there. Luke chapter 9, verse 10 through 17. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 9, verse 10 through 17 in the Amplified Version. It says, when the apostles returned, they told him all they had done. He took them with him and he privately withdrew across the Jordan to a city called Bethsaida. But when the crowds learned of it, they followed him. Listen, them people was like, listen, Jesus, I'm going wherever you're going. Why? Because Jesus was already performing miracles, signs, and wonders. So the, the crowds was, was attached to wherever Jesus was going, they was following him. In verse uh, 11 says, but when the crowds learned of it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and he began talking to them about the kingdom of God. And healing those who needed to be healed. 5,000 fed is the title. Now the day was ending and the 12 disciples came and said to him, send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get provisions because here we are in an isolated place. <laughs> but he said to them, you give them something to eat. Jesus is like, listen, I'm, I'm not listening to y'all. Like, no, y'all being selfish. Which the disciples were. They were being selfish. You're like, God, like, Jesus. Like, you, these people are still here. We don't got enough lodging for ourselves. And then we out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, we, we need food and we need lodging too. But Jesus said, give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless, perhaps, we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each. My God, they did so and had them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up to heaven and give, gave thanks and blessed them. And broke them and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They ate, they all ate and were completely satisfied. And the broken pieces which they had left over were abundant and were picked up. Twelve baskets full. My God, how powerful is that? How God took five loaves of bread. Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fishes. He gave thanks unto God. He gave thanks unto God. And said, Lord, do it. And God provided more than enough. Where there was food left over. Twelve baskets full left over. My God. Not only were they able to feed all the people, but they have food left over. More than enough. And that's what God says he wants to do in our life. But we have to trust that God is going to do it. We have to trust that God is going to do it. Hallelujah. Last uh, example I have for y'all. Examples of God providing more than enough. Is number four is Joseph's harvest plan. Joseph's harvest plan. Glory be to God. I love this because uh, for those of you that know about Joseph, his brothers were jealous of him. And it was about uh, 12 of them, but 10 brothers before Joseph, he ended up, you know, on the passage, he ended up being sold into 
um, into slavery. And then, you know, things happen. He ended up being in jail. However, after that, he was able to interpret uh, two of the men. It was, I believe it was, uh, um, it was two men. That, I can't remember their positions right now. Two men that were in uh, jail with Joseph. He interpreted both of their genes. One of the men, he didn't make it because the interpretation said that he was going to be killed. And he was. However, the other one. He was restored into his position in the um, in the um, in the kingdom, and he told him. He said, "Please remember me. Remember what I did for you." So when he did that, glory be to God. Thank you, Kita Baker and the Butler. When he did that, when he did that, um, <laughs> unfortunately, the one that had the good dream, <laughs> he waited a, a few uh, some years. Before he actually presented it to Pharaoh. However, Pharaoh had a dream, a couple of dreams, and we're going to read that uh, now. He had um, a dream, and you're going to see that Joseph interpreted the dream, causing him to be in a position that he was in, causing him to be in a position to to make the harvest plan. He was the answer. He not only interpreted the dream, but he was the, the answer to the problem. God used him to be the answer to the problem. So let's go to Genesis chapter 4, verse, I mean, excuse me, Genesis chapter 41, excuse me, Genesis 41, verse 33 through 40. And then I'm going to skip down to 40, 46 through 49 in the Amplified Version. Genesis 41, starting with verse 33 in the Amplified Version. Okay, it says, So now let Pharaoh prepare ahead and look for a man discerning and clear-headed and wise, and set him in charge over the land of Egypt as governor under Pharaoh. So after um, after Joseph interpreted the dreams and realized that they were about to be in a famine and that it was only seven years of famine and seven years of plentiful, the, the plentiful years were going to be before the famine years. So now, uh, Pharaoh was like, you know what? We need somebody to be able to come up with a plan of how we can make sure that we have everything we need so that when the famine comes, we're prepared. So again, verse 33 says, So now let Pharaoh prepare ahead and look for a man discerning and clear-headed and wise and set him in charge over the land of Egypt as governor under Pharaoh. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers and officials over the land and set aside one-fifth of the produce of the entire land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Let them gather as a tax all of the fifth of the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the direction and in the authority of Pharaoh and let them guard the food and fortify granaries in the cities. That food shall be put in storage as a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine and hunger, which will occur in the land of Egypt so that the land people will not be ravaged during the famine then the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants Joseph is made ruler of Egypt so Pharaoh said to his servants can we find a man like this a man equal to Joseph 
in whom is the divine spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since your God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and clear-headed and wise as you are. You have charged over my house, and all my people shall be governed according to your word and pay respect to you with reverence, submission, and obedience. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you in Egypt. Let's jump down to verse uh, 46. Verse 46 through 49. And verse 46 says, Now Joseph had been in Egypt 13 years. And was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So once Joseph had got appointed to the governor of Egypt. He was already making the plan. He was making a plan. So yeah, this proves that even when you get a prophecy, even when you get an interpretation of your dream, it does not mean it's going to happen right away. But God pre-warns us so that we can be prepared. So that we can be prepared for when it happens. So Pharaoh had the dream. He appointed Joseph governor. 13 years later, Joseph is walking in his calling as governor of Egypt. Making sure that the plans that he has is set in order. So when the moment comes for them to gather the crops, they're ready. My God. Verse 46 again says, Now Joseph had been in Egypt 13 years and was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph departed from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land, performing his duties. In the seven abundant years, the earth produced handfuls for such for each seed planted. And Joseph gathered all the surplus food of the seven good years and in the land of Egypt and stored enormous quantities of the food collected from his own surrounding fields. Thus, Joseph gathered and stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea. Until he stopped counting it. For it could not be measured. My God. They collected so much. So much of crop. So much of handfuls of, of food. That it was no longer able to be counted. Joseph's like I can't even count this anymore. Why? Because they had more than enough. They had more than enough. And I encourage you to read more into the story, even reading more um, in, I think, going further into uh, all the way into Genesis 45 and even showing you uh, what actually happens once they get into the years of famine and how Joseph was being used, even for the brothers. That threw him in, that uh, sold them. And they had to come to Joseph to receive. <laughs> they had his own brothers had to come to him. And asking him, even though they didn't recognize him in, in the position that he was in, they had to ask him and say, you know what, we need this. They had to come to him. So because of Joseph's obedience. And even though he felt some type of way. He was used as a resource. My God. God.
God is the ultimate source. And, and God used Joseph, Joseph as a resource, used the giftings that he has of being able to interpret dreams. To be able to be a governor, to put things in place. And God blessed them with more than enough. My God. So y'all, I said all to that to say that we have to continue to believe that even in the position they were in, we've already seen God do more than enough. We already seen God blow our minds, but don't allow ourselves, don't allow yourself to just because you made that resources coming at an end to, to allow yourself to be deceived and thinking that God is not up to something. Because God is. He already thought it out. He already has it in store. But you have to make sure you're listening for God's instructions. Be listening. Making sure that you are preparing yourself for what's next. So that you're ready for when the morning time comes. That you're ready to walk in that door. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I pray that you guys were blessed tonight with this message. And blessed me because it's uh, definitely relevant in what I'm currently experiencing in my life. So I pray that it was a blessing to you. And I do want to offer the gift of salvation and rededication to those of you that don't know Christ. And maybe you want to connect to Christ. But first and foremost, for you that do not know Jesus Christ, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. If you are listening to this message, you realize that you need Jesus in your life. You realize you've been settling for less. You realize you've been living paycheck to paycheck. You realize that you've allowed disappointments and rejection. And you allowed abandonment to cause you to settle for enough. And if you want to experience more than enough. If you want to experience more than enough love. More than enough peace. More than enough finances. More than enough resources. You must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's available to you today. If you're willing. If you're willing to give up your life. If you're really willing to surrender to him. Give God control. If you're willing to do that and accept him as Lord and Savior, say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Wash me, make me whole. Renew my mind. Jesus, I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and rose on the third day so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I surrender myself unto you, and I will serve you for the rest of my life. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Angels are rejoicing in heaven. It's such a beautiful thing when another soul is saved and helping to advance the kingdom of God. And for those of you that once knew Christ and had a relationship with him at some point, but you allowed yourself to step away from the things of God. Whatever had taken place. Just know that Jesus is married to the backslider. And if you still have breath in your body. And you still are watching now. The time is now. The moment is now. Jesus is still waiting for you. With open arms. Waiting for you to come back to him. He loves you and he cares. He loves you and he cares and he's waiting to cleanse you and make you whole again. And if you're ready, because you know God is calling you, say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I turned my back on you and God, I ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry. 
I know that I need you in my life and I allowed myself to turn away from you. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me again. Make me whole again. Renew my mind again. Cleanse me again. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get it right. I surrender myself to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer of rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. The best decision that you could ever make is making sure that you are in right standing with God. So, I love you guys so much. I pray that you are blessed tonight. Continue to allow God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he could ever ask or think in your life. Trust me, just because one resource is running out does not mean... That another resource is not being in being made in position. So I love you guys. I pray that you continue to be encouraged and uplifted. So until next time on Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a good evening.